You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. I remember talking to a pastor one time and he said, Dan, he said, you know, in the day and age in which we live to have a meaningful worship service, you have to use the contemporary music of our day. I think we just had an awesome worship service. I want to thank you, ladies. I think I could have chose a better song to go along with what I'll be preaching on today. Take your Bible with me and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I've entitled the message this morning, Knocked Down, But Not Knocked Out. Have you ever felt like the devil just got a good sucker punch and knocked you down? But even though we may be knocked down at periods of times in our lives, it doesn't mean that we have to stay down. We have been and we will be knocked down from time to time, but... The Bible says, a just man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. And all God's people said, amen Amen to that. Thank God for his grace. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, read just a couple verses here. We're going to jump around for sake of time. Paul said, we are troubled. Boy, did I get knocked down. We are troubled on every side. Everywhere I look, there's nothing but trouble. Job put it this way, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards. We are troubled on every side, yet not in distress. We are knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We are perplexed. We are knocked down. But not in despair. We're not knocked out. We are persecuted, knocked down, but not forsaken. Not knocked out. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, boy, was I knocked down, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory, while we look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, the things which are not seen are eternal. Chapter 5, verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. The best of God's servants have all gone through times when they have felt knocked down. Even the Lord Jesus himself, the Bible said, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was knocked down, but he wasn't knocked out. Do you remember the last time that you felt extremely down? Someone said, yeah, right now. 
but you felt extremely down, you were discouraged, you were depressed. Maybe you found yourself in despair because of the direction your life seemed to be taking you. There's not a single person in this room that has not been knocked down. I've been knocked down in my life, but I praise God that through his mercy and grace, he has lifted me back up again. You may be down, but you don't have to stay down. As I was preparing this message, my wife asked me this morning, we were in the bathroom getting ready. She said, what are you preaching on? I said, Rocky. She said, what? I said, I'm preaching on Rocky Balboa. She looks at me, she goes, that's not biblical. How many remember the first Rocky movie that came out? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? Okay. The first Rocky movie of the six Rocky movies that came out, believe it or not, came out in 1976, 42 years ago. Can you believe that? Mary said, I believe it. If you haven't seen the first movie, Rocky, it's a story of the rags to riches, American dream of Rocky Balboa, who was an uneducated but a very kind-hearted, working-class Italian-American who was working for a debt collector, a loan shark in the slums in Philadelphia. How many are remembering the movie? Rocky also was a small-time club fighter who unbelievably gets a chance at the heavyweight title. The film stars Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa and Carl Weathers as the champion Apollo Creed. As they face off in the ring, they go round after round after round. And Rocky is knocked down time after time after time again. He is bloody. There's one time in the movie where even his trainer was begging him to throw in the towel and quit. His eyes had puffed up to such a degree that he no longer could even see. And he says, cut me. Cut me! And they cut him so the blood would come out and he would be able to see. His girlfriend was ringside and she's pleading with him, don't go back into the ring, don't go back in. But he goes for 15 rounds, being knocked down over and over and over again. And in the last round, he knocks down Apollo Creed. First time he had ever been knocked down in his life. And Rocky wins the match. Everyone was telling him, quit! But he said, no. I am not going to quit. I want you to understand something. One of Satan's most effective weapons against us is discouragement. When the Bible talks about the fiery darts 
of the devil. One of those fiery darts that he flings at our hearts is to get us in such a state of discouragement when we have been knocked down time after time after time again to say, don't ever, don't get back up. You get back up. I'm just going to knock you down again. Stay down. Why does he do this? Because he does not want us to continue fighting a good fight of faith. I want you to understand something here, believer. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I love to watch a Christian get knocked down time after time after time again and get back up again. As I think about discouragement, I think about the different stages that you go through in discouragement. There's mild discouragement that we all face, very minor problems and pressures of life which kind of affect us emotionally but no one can no one can really notice no one can really say boy you really look discouraged we're able to mask it. it's not that big a deal we all go through that but then there's that strong level of discouragement this is when major major problems and pressures of life affect our spirit and now other people are beginning to notice are you okay is there something wrong? Is there something I can do for you? And then if that discouragement is not dealt with, it'll take us to a level of what I'll call disabling discouragement. Where the overwhelming problems and pressures of life, they drain us spiritually, they drain us mentally, they drain us emotionally, and they even affect our physical ability to go on. Our hearts literally melt within us. Our energy is gone. Our ability to continue just doesn't seem to be there. The, the Bible addresses this in Galatians chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 12. <coughs> Many of us think just quit. We throw in the towel. We listen to the voices. Sometimes voices of well-meaning people. The trainer and his girlfriend. Now, none of us want to experience those painful emotions in life. I don't want to experience them. I know that you don't. But I'll tell you what. Life has the capacity of bringing those helpless and hopeless situations our way. Yes or no? Yes. What are some of the things that can cause us to really really feel knocked down and cause us on the inside to be angry and resentful and bitter and depressed and hopeless. Well, I just jotted a, a few things down here that life can bring our way. And how many have ever struggled with financial issues? Can I see your hand? That's rough, isn't it? I remember for 16 years as my wife and I struggled financially, I just shared with someone this week. I remember my wife saying, Dan, we need some milk for the kids. And I remember searching my pockets, trying to find enough milk money to go down to the corner store and buy some milk for the children. Those, those financial pressures can be overwhelming. How about health issues? How many here have ever struggled with health issues?
Perhaps you've had conflicts in your relationships. Maybe you're in a, what you call a bad marriage. Maybe you're dealing with conflicts in your family. Issues at work. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you're experiencing rejection and ridicule. Maybe it's even because of your faith. I don't know. Perhaps you've been mistreated, abused, physically, emotionally, sexually. Maybe you feel like people are just always taking advantage of me. And how about this one? Maybe you're beginning to reap the consequences of your sin. That'll knock you down. Whatever the case, as you think over the list, and we could put many more things on that list, a lot of those things we have no control over, right? We can't change the situation. So I think it's important that we know how to deal with the situation, as God would have us to. How many of you here have ever felt like quitting? Can I see your hand? Be honest. I have. Almost doing the towel years ago. And I think back then, if I would have thrown in the towel then, we wouldn't be here today. Can you imagine that? Fellowship Baptist Church would not be up here on this hill. Now, I know what it's like to be tempted to quit and to walk away. Many people have. Many people will. Many people do. Perhaps you've been tempted when you've been knocked down to blame others. Maybe even you've blamed God. Well, instead of reacting in anger, which is our fleshly tendency to do, and becoming bitter and walking away, let's just stop and say, God, how do you want me to respond the next time I'm knocked down? And if you're knocked down right now, how should you respond to the situation or the person who knocked you down? I think the Apostle Paul is an inspiring example of someone who was literally knocked down time after time after time again, and he gets back up. Knock him down, gets back up. I'm reminded of one instant when him and Barnabas went into Lystria. And they go into Lystria and they preach the gospel and there's a tremendous response to the gospel message. The town of Lystria is open to the gospel. They heal a lame man and people come wanting to offer sacrifice and to worship Paul and Barnabas. And it's, it's all that they could do to convince the people not to sacrifice and worship them, but to worship the God of heaven who healed the lame man and had saved many of their souls. But then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium, where they had ministered prior to that, they come into Lystria and they stir up the people and they're able, listen to me, they're able to persuade the crowd. People are so fickle. One day they're wanting to worship them and the next day... They drag Paul out of the city and they stone him. 
And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, they drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. So they think he's dead. They drag him out and throw his lifeless body outside of the city. I'll tell you, that's what you call being knocked down. He was in such bad shape, no one thought that he could ever survive this. They believed he was dead. And so the disciples gather around him. And you can just see this scene in your mind. I mean, Paul is, is bloody, he's wounded, he's, he's dead. Some believe that's actually when he died and was caught up into the third heaven. Remember that? And all the disciples, they gather around. Those people who were saved there in Lystria. And you can just imagine how they're crying. How some are probably touching the Apostle Paul. And all of a sudden, and he sits up. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around him, he rose up and went back into the city. How many of you would have gone back into the city? He goes back into the city, and on the next day, he departs with Barnabas to preach the gospel in Derby. Knocked down, but he refused to be knocked out. It's incredible. I want you to understand something this morning. Obedience to God sometimes requires deep levels of suffering. The Apostle Paul was not one of those health, wealth, and prosperity gospel preachers that you hear today. Matter of fact, in a couple Sundays, I prepared a message on the false theology of the prosperity gospel. But every major mega church in America today preaches a prosperity gospel. Let me read you a portion of scripture. Let me ask you if the Apostle Paul believed in the prosperity, health, and wealth gospel. Are they ministers of Christ? He said, I speak as a fool, I more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons frequent, in death often. Of the Jews, Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often in perils of the, in the water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. I'll tell you one thing, he didn't believe in that health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who's not weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? Am I not burned? 
If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forever, knoweth I lie not. He said, I'm not lying about all the things I went through. I'm not lying about all the times that I got knocked down and had to get back up again. So what was it that enabled the Apostle Paul to be knocked down time after time again and get back up again? As I was studying his life, there were six things. I'm, I'm sure there's many, many more. But there were six things just kind of emerged off of the pages of Scripture. And so this is why he could, get, he could keep getting back up again. And I believe if we will embrace these six things. Are you still with me today? If we will embrace these six things, we'll be able to get back up again too when the old devil comes and knocks us down. First of all, number one was his conversion, was Paul's conversion. What kept him getting back up again? He said, listen, I am saved and I will never allow myself to be knocked out. Are you saved, Christian? Give me an amen. amen. If you're saved, no matter what you have to face in life, you can get back up again. Paul kept on going because he never got over his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Never got over it. That's why I said earlier, don't ever get over being saved. The devil may knock you down, but you're saved. You're a born-again Christian. You are on your way to heaven. Paul's salvation was a turning point in his life. Listen, when he got saved, he got radically changed. He got a whole new purpose and perspective on living. When we are discouraged, when we've been knocked down, we have to remember our salvation experience. We need to go back. Say, man, I'm a child of God. My sins are forgiven. My name is written in the book of life. Eternal life is promised unto me. No matter what I face in life, God has been gracious. He has redeemed me. He has saved me. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not going to stay down. John said this, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our what? I can't hear you. Even our what? Faith. We are overcomers because of our faith. I'm a child of God. I've put my faith in Jesus. I am not staying down. I am an overcomer, and I will be an overcomer. So we find his conversion kept him getting back up again. Number two, it's kind of interesting how these all begin with C's. I usually don't preach like this. But it was his conviction. His conversion and then his conviction. Paul said, I am a child of God. I may be knocked down, but I'm not going to be knocked out. Why? Because my testimony is at stake. But more importantly, God's reputation is at stake. Do you hear me, church family? You get knocked down and you stay down, you will lose your testimony for the cause of Christ. But more importantly than that is not the effect that that has on your testimony or the testimony of your church, but is how it damages God's reputation. Listen, we're not concerned enough about his reputation. 
Paul knew that God had given him a purpose in life. He said, I have been appointed for the defense of the gospel. I can't stay down. You know what we've been called to do? We've been called according to his purpose. You know what his purpose is? Is to glorify him in our lives. Are you with me, church? Every one of you here today that are born again have a conversion to Christ should have the conviction as well to say, I need to glorify the Lord in my life. And so, I can't, listen, if I'm knocked down, I can't stay down. In no way does that glorify my Savior. Listen to what Paul said. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery, or to win the crown, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Listen, listen, family. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What was a castaway? Something that was knocked down and never got back up again. Paul said, no, I have the conviction. I will not, I will not become a castaway. Do you have the conviction that you are a child of God and that you represent him? And if you don't get back up, you have damaged his reputation? Paul goes on. Even unto this present hour, We both suffer hunger and thirst. We are naked. We are buffeted. We have no certain dwelling place. We'd say he's homeless, right? In labor, we work with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made the filth of the world and are the offscourging of all things unto this day. And then he says this, Wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. <laughs> okay, Paul, sign me up, man. Sign me up for hunger and thirst and nakedness. Sign me up to be buffeted and be homeless. Sign me up to be reviled and persecuted and defamed and considered the filth of the world. No, I'm going to tell you, there's not many that would walk forward at an invitation like that. I want to tell you something else. You listen to me, church family. If this is the message that was preached in these mega churches today, those mega churches would be emptied. Don't listen to those who tell you to quit. Don't listen to those who said, you've endured enough. Somebody tell you, put on, the, put on the whole armor of God, and having done all to stand, get up and stand. His conversion. I'm a child of God. His conviction, I will not damage God's reputation. His confidence, I will not be knocked out because 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that? I can. God will never lead me, guide me, direct me, take me to a place where he will not strengthen me and help me to endure and go through it. Paul had complete confidence. He had complete trust that the Lord would strengthen him to endure whatever hardness that he had to endure. He also believed this, the Lord would never leave him or forsake him. Now let's get real honest. How many have you have ever felt like, you know what, the Lord's kind of abandoned me here? Come on, I have. Like, where are you, Lord? Yeah, that's the devil doing that to you. Paul knew that in all of his battles he faced in life, and he faced a lot of battles. Through all the sufferings, through all the trials, and even death itself, he could overwhelmingly conquer anything because of the one who loved him and gave himself for him. Paul knew that nothing would ever separate him from the love of Christ. If you've been saved by Jesus, you've been saved by Jesus? Have you been saved by Jesus? Don't give me an amen. If you've been saved by Jesus, you know how much your preacher loves you. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit having the poor little old me pity party. Remember God's grace, His unfailing love, and the promises of Scripture. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will, I will, I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. Think about it. every time the devil knocks us down, the Lord's reaching out saying, hey, take my hand, I'll pick you back up again. His conversion, his conviction, his confidence. Now I want you to understand this. His courage. Can I tell you something? Paul had an unbelievable amount of courage to be knocked down as many times as he was knocked down. And I'm talking, listen, I'm talking about being knocked down hard. I remember in my senior year, I, I played football all through high school. I remember my senior year, the last game of my senior year, I was a fullback. And um, I was given the ball and broke through the line and got tackled. And as I got tackled, someone came and speared me in the side with their helmet and broke three of my ribs. The wind was knocked out of me. Seriously, I thought I was going to die. Anyone here ever had the wind knocked out of them? I mean, it's the most horrible, horrible feeling as you are gasping to try to get breath back in your body. Paul was knocked down, and I mean hard. They thought he was dead. They didn't even see his chest moving. 
And that was only one of the many times. Could you imagine five times receiving 40 stripes? His back must have looked like a piece of hamburger. Maybe you've seen some movies of the, the slaves and how they were beaten and what their backs looked like. That's, that's how the Apostle Paul's back. He, he talked about the marks that he bore for the cause of Christ. So I'm saying, what in the world are we doing complaining about anything that the Lord asked us to go through? It's really crazy when you stop and think about it. He had such tremendous courage. I will not be knocked out because for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. When Paul was explaining to the Corinthians that one day death would be swallowed up in life. This is what he said. God has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit as a promise of that future day. Now he that hath wrought us for this selfsame thing is God who also hath given unto us the earnest, the promise now, when you put down earnest money for a home, a promise of the Spirit, therefore we are always confident. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, we walk by faith and not by sight, we are confident, and I say and willing rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Even stoning and death, stoning and death could not knock him out. Because he said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Can I ask you a question? How do you keep a guy like that down? For Paul, death meant instantly. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, he would be with the Lord. He said, which is far better. Next time you are knocked down, think about what's the worst thing that could happen to me. Like what one man said, you're going to threaten me with heaven? Amen? No, God has not promised us an easy life. He has not promised us a life without persecution. He has not promised us a life without trouble and suffering, adversity and pain. Sorry, Mr. Health, Wealth and Prosperity Gospel Preacher, you're preaching a false gospel. However, he did promise to give us the Holy Spirit who would help us in all of our infirmities, who would never leave us and forsake us, who would comfort us and abide with us forever. Hallelujah. His conversion, his conviction, his confidence, his courage. The fifth thing that I see is his commitment. Wow, he was so committed. I will not be knocked out. This is what he said, because I have a debt that I have to pay. I will, I will not stop serving my Lord. 
He didn't stay knocked down because he realized God had given him a ministry to accomplish. Listen to what he said. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Listen. Come on. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe! Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. He said, I am a debtor. I am a debtor to both the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want every one of you to look up. How many of you are saved? Get your head, you're saved. Let me tell you something. You have a great debt that you owe to the Lord. I'm not talking about trying to earn your salvation. But I am trying to tell you this. Because of what Christ has done for us, we owe him everything. I am not going to stay down. No way, no how. It's not happening. Yes, I may fall. But I have a commitment to the Lord to fulfill. I'm getting back up again. And number six, and we'll be done. We saw his conversion, his conviction, his confidence, his courage, his commitment. Now the last thing I see here is his companions. Paul said, I will not be knocked, I will not be knocked out because I have friends in Christ who have stood for me and have stood with me and I am not going to let them down. Over 20 years ago, I was knocked down. A lot of us were. We were knocked down hard. I had some of my beloved friends that did their very best to remove me from the ministry that the Lord had called me to. I want you to understand something here, church family. I had friends that stood up for me and friends that stood with me and said, preacher, don't quit. And many of them are still in this church today. I'll never forget Phil Westheimer standing up in a church service and saying, I cannot believe that you're talking to our pastor like that. I know what it's like to have friends stand with you and for you. And I want you all to understand this. By the grace of God, I'm not going to let you down. When they drug him out of the city, his friends stayed by his side. Praying over him. Trying to encourage him to get back up again. Eventually he got up. Left Lystria the next day, goes to Derby, preaches the gospel, and then swings back around and comes back to Lystria. And he encourages those who encouraged him not to quit. 
despite the tribulation that they were going through, he comes back. They encouraged him, and now he's encouraging them. I'm going to tell you something. You listen to me. That's the church. That's the family of God. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Be steadfast in your faith. Knowing that these same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Let's encourage each other. But the God of all grace who hath called you unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me leave you with this final thought. Even if no one stands with you. There was a time in Paul's life where no one stood with him. He said this, but the Lord stood with me. But I'll tell you what, it's a wonderful thing when just not the Lord is standing with you, but you have good brothers and sisters in Christ that are standing there with you too. The next time you're knocked down, get up. Amen? Get up. Why? Because of your conversion. Because of your convictions. Because of your confidence in Christ. Because of your courage and commitment and because we have some companions. We don't want to let them down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.